Good evening, everyone. This is Lee, the appraiser from the world-famous APR 57 Gallery here in New York City for another episode of Amazing Appraising. And hope everyone is well and good health. And as we are hopefully opening up the economy in the city here, things are slowly hopefully getting back to a little normality. Hopefully we will see a lot of our friends and clients that we haven't seen in many months getting back to normal here. What do we got to talk about this week? So a couple very interesting things. We're going to be talking about a couple unusual items that we have seen for appraising. I don't know how many of you have seen ESPN ran a special, I think 30 for 30 on the unusual life, like a documentary on the world famous martial artist, Mr. Bruce Lee, who came to prominence as one of the very first Chinese actors did martial arts and became famous here in the States. I recommend anyone who has not seen this documentary to make sure they see it again. It's 30 for 30, I think, on ESPN. I saw their repeat last night, and it was just fascinating how it showed his life, which there's very, very little footage, film, documentary, pictures on. You know, he he was like an amazing movie star, but just for a very, very short period of time. Came to prominence really through an action TV series called... Uh, the Green Hornet, which I think it lasted less than a year, whatever this TV station did, decided not to renew it because there was just not that much demand for that type of show. It went on to really detail his life and all his issues, and really, he was an amazing person, an amazing fighter, amazing personality. You know, it shows how he, he went, I think it was ABC at the time, and he went to push them for a series about a Chinese, like, martial artist. So they wrote the series, as I recall. The series was called Kung Fu. Yes, I was a young kid in uh, high school at that time, and it was really one of my favorite shows. It showed this actor, it, the act, the role, the head act role, although he was pleading, they wrote it for him, and he was pleading that he would star in it. The executives at the station felt that they did not want it was two reasons, I believe. They did not want a Chinese person was capable of handling that type of role, meaning the public would embrace him or embrace a Chinese actor. Lead in that role was number one. And number two was they were concerned with the fact that his English wasn't perfect and he would have too much of an Asian-Chinese accent. I believe those were the two reasons that the TV studios gave for negating him in that role, which is what they wrote, and I think, or he wrote for them. We're going to take a short break, and we'll be right back. Did you know gold and silver prices are at an all-time high? If you have any gold, silver, or platinum coins, bullion, Franklin Mint items, diamonds, jewelry, art, antiques, paintings, French furniture, any Tiffany items, sterling flatware, Judaica, oriental rugs, older baseball cards, sport and entertainment memorabilia, watches, especially better watches such as Rolex, Patek, Philippe, Vacheron, Tiffany, IWC, Cartier, Breguet, Omega, Breitling, Bulgari, just to name a few. APR 57 Gallery will buy them all at the highest cash prices in any condition, even broken. APR 57 Gallery also needs any designer jewelry such as Cartier, Tiffany, Bucciolati, Von Cleef, Harry Winston, and Bulgari. Now is the time to cash out at the world-famous APR 57 Gallery on 57th Street in New York City across from Carnegie Hall. They'll also come to your home and do certified insurance appraisals. So if you have anything of value, call them for a free appraisal and high cash offer at 212-246-2000. 212-246-2000 or toll-free 1-800-772-0054. 
Welcome back everyone here. This is Lee the Appraiser from Amazing Appraising from APR 57 Gallery. So they actually picked this American actor by the name of David Carradine who became the star of that show and I'm guessing just based on my memory it, I think it lasted several years. It was probably done in the 1800s maybe, late 1700s, early 1800s is when it was supposed to be have filmed. It was like a Chinese like walker who, who just went from town to town in the Midwest with the cowboys and everything like that, and all of them, you know, picking on him, making fun of him, and he would basically just uh, keep to himself, and then when they attacked him and they provoked him enough, uh, he would defend himself. He never killed anyone, but he certainly caused a lot of bruises and damage to the people that started up with him. And it was a very, very interesting series. It had flashbacks of him as a little boy, and I don't know how many people out there remember the nickname that his uh, master teacher would give him. Any guesses? Is here Miss Blue? No? No? <laughs> Not a clue. Not a clue. I thought you never watched that show? <laughs> I guess the answer is no. <laughs> so they had flashbacks of him growing up as a baby, like as a little kid yeah. in the monastery. All right. And his master would call him Grasshopper. That's what it was. I actually, that was on the tip, my first guess. And okay. I, I doubted it. I doubted myself. Okay, you heard it here first, everyone. Blue had Grasshopper on the tip of her tongue. <laughs> Okay. Anyhow, it was <laughs> it was just a very, very. It was a great show. It had a lot of euphemisms there, and it talked about the ancient Chinese culture and how I mean, how they would train the monks, how the monks would fight, and everything was really in self-defense. It was just amazing. Well, they don't have that kind of TV anymore here in uh, in today's world, right? But anyhow, so Carradine, David Carradine got the role for that part, made him a star. So uh, Bruce Lee got terribly upset when the role went to somebody else, and he then decided that he was going to go into the movies and he really I think he did a couple small things here with Chuck Norris and then he decided to go to China and that is of course uh, where he became a superstar. Anyhow long story short is at the very young age of 32 when they just released I think it was Enter the Dragon he had a headache one morning right before they were about to premiere the movie and his assistant gave him some, I don't know, some medication or something to relieve his migraine headache. And uh, he went to sleep, and uh, she tried to wake him up a few hours later, and he never woke up. And they called it, I guess, a brain aneurysm. They did say they believed it was something to do with the medication he took, and just a crazy, crazy story. So anyhow, so anything, any memorabilia that one has, letters, signatures, photographs, original photographs, uh, material memorabilia of him, by him, we would certainly be interested in. You know, his movie, when uh, when it came out, it was actually came out in the States here, it, would, it debuted right after he died. It grossed over $200 million, and that was in 1973. That's almost 50 years ago, which is an astonishing amount of money. So he died at the young age of 32. He was considered to be, and obviously other, you know, he was considered to be in, in, in great health as a martial artist and extraordinarily thin and trim and in great shape. So anyhow, a number of years ago, we purchased this very unique item, which is a health certificate that was issued to his son, Brandon Lee. Brandon was a very, very young boy when Bruce died, and uh, Brandon followed his footsteps to some degree where he became a martial artist, and he did some movies. 
So in this movie here, we have a health certificate that was dated, stamped and dated May 16, 1991. It was for the Fox Pirate Enterprises. The movie was called Moving Target, starring Brandon Lee. And they check off all the boxes here that he's in perfect health and everything like that. So what I found unusual is actually why would they fill out a health certificate for a, I guess at that time he was maybe, I guess he was probably about 26 years old around. Why would they fill out a health certificate? You know, I always like to figure out when I see a document, I see an item, a piece of memorabilia, and I look at it, what are the reasons behind certain things about it? So why would they typically, let me give you my thought here, why would they typically give or have a young man who appears to be in perfect health with no real issues, why would the movie company, the production company, request from him a health certificate? I think the answer is this, to be honest. It actually says here, question number four says, when did you complete your last examination? It says January 1st, 1991. And what were the results? And he says, perfect health. Okay. So in my opinion, the reason that this certificate was filled out is because for really the same reason as his father, meaning, for example, let's just say the budget on this film, I'm going to take a guess, let's just say it was $2 million, all right? So typically when you, a friend of mine, a close friend of mine is making a movie actually in Israel. He, I mean, didn't start it yet, but he's just, he's negotiating and finishing up with the production company there. So he has a lot of loose ends that he has to tie up. So one of the things is, is that they want to make sure that the actors and actresses are in good health so they don't get sick or hurt during the production of the movie. So, you know, let's just say you have a superstar, Daniel Craig there, you're paying him $20 million to star as James Bond. You want to make sure that if something happens to him, which in fact it did, was I think the last filming he broke his ankle and he was out of commission for at least several weeks. You want to make sure that the either the production can continue, which it's not going to do for a little while if he's really injured, or the cost is going to be reimbursed by the insurance company, so if Mr. Craig is injured and out of commission for three weeks, it's costing the movie the movie company, they have everything budgeted and everything scheduled on a daily basis. So if he's out for three weeks, it's going to cause him a great loss financially in filming the movie. So for argument's sake, I mean, what I guess they could do is they could move around a couple scenes and stuff like that, but that still could cost them many millions of dollars. Or they might have to just halt everything if they're in the middle of something and if he's in the last scene and they can't film that, which would also cost them millions of dollars to delay it and then millions of dollars to get back and start production or start shooting three weeks later. So they could easily lose 10, 15, 20 million dollars based on an injury. So what happens typically on any large business project is they will get insurance for this type of of casualty or catastrophe prior to it happening. So my guess is that this movie, even though it wasn't very expensive at that time, but let's just say argument's sake, the budget was $2 million. They wanted to make sure Brandon Lee, in my opinion, this is my speculation, that Brandon Lee would not get harmed or primarily die based on the same way his father did, meaning that they looked at him and they said, here, your father died at 32 from unknown circumstances, and he was a healthy 
fine specimen. What happened to him, we don't know. So they felt that there was a possibility, and let me make this clear, that people that put up the money, so it's probably what happened is the investors, the producers who were putting up the money to film this project, to film this movie, wanted to make sure, or the investors did, that Mr. Brandon Lee is in good health and is going to finish this, and God forbid if something happens where he gets hurt or dies, they will be covered of any loss during the temporary non-production of the film. So they took out an insurance, a life insurance policy, probably also a health policy, against Brandon Lee in the event something happened so they'd be protected. That's the only way I could figure out that such a young man would have an insurance policy, you know, for no other apparent reason other than the fact that his father passed at an early age. So I think this is very, very cool. We have this original document. It's about 8 by 10 inches. It's an original health certificate that's made out to the movie com- from the movie company, the production company, Fox Pirate Enterprises. So I'm guessing that is the original Fox movie company. The name of the examinee is Brandon Lee. The name of the movie is called Moving Target. It says here he was actually at the age of 26 at the time this was done. He was in perfect health, had a physician check him out. He filled out everything here and stamped and dated, approved, and with his signature on the bottom. So I think this is a really cool piece. Again, anything relating to Bruce Lee, we are extraordinarily interested in seeing, evaluating, appraising, and authenticating. That's our little story here about Mr. Brandon Lee and this unique piece of memorabilia that we have here. And we're going to take a short break and we'll be right back. Get a pen, everyone. Introducing the exciting SendTheFrame.com, a factory direct headquarters for your photo frames and personalized gifts. All delivered overnight. SendTheFrame.com is the authorized distributor of gift brands everyone wants, including Reed Barton, Nambe, Kate Spade, Dennis Daniels, Mariposa, and hundreds more. SendTheFrame beats any price so they can become your go-to choice without any worry. Frames for your graduations, birthdays, weddings, choose from all materials of silver, crystal, fine woods, all at Send-A-Frame with next day delivery and custom engraving. Listeners of this special appraisal show get an additional 20% off when they use code LEE. That's L-E-E, LEE. The secret's out, everyone. Don't know what to give? Sendaframe.com for all your framing needs. Welcome back, everyone here. This is Lee the Appraiser from Amazing Appraising from APR 57 Gallery. So what we have here, what I'm holding, again, if you're just listening to me on the radio, you have to be a little creative. We have a record here with its original album cover of Bob Dylan, and it's called Nashville Skyline. And it is a very beautiful portrait picture of him with the original record label there. This was one of his, uh, I believe, one of the very top sellers, and it's signed by him in black Sharpie ink, we call that. Extraordinarily beautifully custom-framed and matted. Bob Dylan, of course, was one of the great writers, songwriters of our generation, one of the most unique singers. You know, I've heard many comedians talk about how the fact that you know, I don't know how they could judge he's great. I mean, I can't understand one word he's ever said. You know, that's part of his mystique style. A friend of mine, I think, saw him last year in person, I think in Pennsylvania, in Philadelphia somewhere. 
What's unusual about this, other than the fact that it's a signed record, is that he is probably the scarcest, one of the scarcest living celebrities whose autograph is available. He hardly signs anything. 99% of the things that he purportedly signed are not by him and they're not genuine. This came from a collection of which the person received it, and we have it on the back there. It's a certificate from the largest and most credible and high-end bookseller in the world. They, they specialize in selling first edition books and rare autographs upwards of a million dollars. And they got it uh, from somebody who got it directly from Dylan. It is certified, it is authentic, it is guaranteed. A gorgeous original album uh, with his beautiful signature on it. So he is probably one of the, again, the, one of the scarcest autographs from anybody that is alive today. Let's see here. Anyone know about a sports autograph? Take guesses who would be one of the, the rarest and most difficult signatures to get from a sports personality today. Any guesses? Okay, so it's, the person has to be living. That's one of the criteria, because if they're not living, it's going to be much more difficult to get. But anyhow, so I will tell you, I'm just thinking about this for the first time off the top of my head. Up until a couple years ago, there was a basketball player, one of the very first black players, and the first black player, I think, in the Celtics organization. His name was Bill Russ. I think he won, if I'm not mistaken, I think 11 championship rings. He never signed for anybody. So his signature up until a couple years ago was considered the rarest, scarcest, and most valuable living signature of a living athlete. Now, what happened was, I guess probably about 10 years ago or so, he was approached by one of the major sports promotion companies, I think it was Upper Deck, and they made an exclusive deal with him. I don't know exactly the terms, but let's just say they said, here, Mr. Russell, we're going to give you $500,000. We're going to have you sign for us every year. We want whatever it is, you know, 5,000 items, and we want you to guarantee that you will not sign for anybody else. That is called an exclusive uh, representation signature contract, and I believe Russell did that with Upper Deck, and then his signatures became more available. But initially when they came out, they were selling wholesale for $1,000 a piece. This is when he made the deal. Before he made the deal, they were basically priceless uh, because whoever had one, you know, maybe he gave a couple to a kid here and there. But So let's see who else off the top of my head. So I will tell you that it's not quite as valuable as that, but Sandy Koufax, basically when he retired from baseball, he moved to Hawaii and that's where he's been living. And his signature is extremely rare. You rarely see them authentic and certified. So I would say he's up there, you know, wholesale value anywhere, probably three to five hundred dollars. Oh, off the top of my head, let's see who else. So if somebody is very sick, that would categorize them as being alive and probably not able to sign anymore. I don't want to even mention anybody like that. Unfortunately, we lost this year. We lost Hank Aaron, I think just about two months ago. By the way, I'm going to plug a uh, an interview with Lenny Dykstra coming up very shortly. The championship 1986 New York Mets All-Star, center fielder, a leadoff hitter. So we have a special interview scheduled with him in the next few weeks. So keep posted at this station for when you can hear the show and that's supposed to be an unbelievable interview for Lenny Dykstra. Okay we're going to take a short break and we are going to be right back. 
Did you know gold and silver prices are at an all-time high? If you have any gold, silver, or platinum coins, bullion, Franklin Mint items, diamonds, jewelry, art, antiques, paintings, French furniture, any Tiffany items, sterling flatware, Judaica, oriental rugs, older baseball cards, sport and entertainment memorabilia, watches, especially better watches such as Rolex, Patek, Philippe, Vacheron, Tiffany, IWC, Cartier, Breguet, Omega, Breitling, Bulgari, just to name a few. APR 57 Gallery will buy them all at the highest cash prices in any condition, even broken. APR 57 Gallery also needs any designer jewelry such as Cartier, Tiffany, Buccellati, Von Cleef, Harry Winston, and Bulgari. Now is the time to cash out at the world-famous APR 57 Gallery on 57th Street in New York City across from Carnegie Hall. They'll also come to your home and do certified insurance appraisals. So if you have anything of value, call them for a free appraisal and high cash offer at 212-246-2000. 212-246-2000 or toll-free 1-800-772-0054. This is Lee the Appraiser back from a short break about amazing appraising here, APR 57 Galleries in New York City. And again, we're going to talk about what's hot and what's not. Well, in the sports collector memorabilia world, nothing is really not hot. Everything is scorching today. I was just reading they had an auction of some memorabilia and they finished it up last week. And the same auction last year sold for their annual sale was like $4 million. And their auction last week for the same sale was 4D5, $45 million. So it exceeded by over 10 times last year's total. And I just got a call from one of my friends at one of the PSA grading corporation corporate offices where they told me today they have approximately 10 million cards in their system to be graded. 10 million cards. So if you submit a crowd a card there today, it's probably not going to be graded for at least a year. So I guess that's pretty funny that you can actually submit a card today and by the time you get it back it's going to be an antique and be valuable okay so talk about playing the market I never thought of it that way but that's pretty cool you know so you can put down an insured value of a hundred dollars when you get back it's going to be an insured value of a thousand dollars you have a chance by the way they have a box when you fill out the application that in case you're not alive you can leave it to your heirs by the time they get it back to you okay and if you move they'll let you you know, change the address to a retirement home in Florida. You gotta play the right cards. Huh? You gotta play the right play cards. Play the right cards. I like that, Miss Blue. <laughs> Very cool. Anyhow, we, we are submitting a, a, a number of uh, collectibles to them. Uh, we're handling a very large collection. So everything is super hot in that. If anyone needs their cards graded, evaluated, authenticated, we are the place to go. We are in New York City. We have a brand new 4,000 square foot gallery. We're happy to look at them and give you a verbal estimate and approximation of the value. We're happy to tell you which ones we believe should be graded and which shouldn't. 99% of the cards that we see do not fit the mold to be graded and we can grade them for you informally and tell you what they're worth and to give you cash offers when we do so. I will tell you by the way, we got a letter in from Greta Garbo. She was considered an extraordinarily big recluse and her signatures and letters fetch a lot of money. We pay a lot of money for those. So if you ever have any of those by her, any of these players we're talking about, anyone that's rare, we'll be happy to give you a free appraisal and a very, very high cash offer. So the letter we have from her is that she's writing to her hairstylist. She does it in a, like an alias. She pretends to be somebody else. So 
it's a really cool letter. It does it under a fake name, which I found very, very interesting. We're looking over here. We have a Ted Williams over here. He's considered one of, was one of the greatest pure baseball hitters of all time. He actually made hitting a science. He talked about seeing the seams on the baseball, exactly where, when the ball came in, when he would swing. He had considered it the best eyes, the most disciplined, everything about that. So there's a, a long story about that. We're actually doing a huge appraisal and liquidation of a collection in Rhode Island about somebody who has a ton of Ted Williams items, which he acquired primarily directly from Ted Williams' son, who sort of controlled and manipulated part of the market. And I don't know if anyone's heard about this, but after Ted died, the boy, the son, wanted to have Ted Williams frozen and not buried and not cremated. And then hopefully when science was able to, medically able to revive him, that he would cash in on having Ted, Daddy Ted, sign another 50,000 autographs. True story. So he wanted him frozen. I don't know exactly what happened in the entire fight. The guy, his son died at a young age a couple of years ago. So he was fighting everyone else in the family saying that he wants to freeze Ted. So he was the last one, I think, who officially hit over 400. By the way, you know, I think we should do this more often. I actually happen to know about sports and sports memorabilia and sports trivia. So let's throw out a couple questions there and people can call or text us with the answers. And anyone, the first one that gets the answer will get a special gift. How about that? So let me throw a couple questions out there and see if you can get them relatively quickly. One would be, there's only one baseball player in history played on four different teams and hit at least 500 hits on those four different teams. That means he had to have a relatively long career, had to been a great player, and was on each team for at least, I have to guess, at least probably three years minimally, maybe four. He was a perennial all-star, I'd say, not every year, but overall. And again, he hit had at least 500 hits on four different teams in the major league. So that's a question here. And then we're going to give you another question. There's only one player in history that led the league in triples and home runs the same year. There's another interesting question. I think the only player to lead his team in home runs as a leadoff hitter. Try to stump you with those three questions. You get any one of those three correct and you will get a special gift, but you got to be the first one to do it. You can core text us at 212-246-2000 and we'll be happy to confirm the answers and give you a special gift if you're the winner. And we will also announce the winner on next week's show, so make sure you're listening. Okay, we're going to take a short break and we'll be right back. Get a pen, everyone. Introducing the exciting SendTheFrame.com, a factory direct headquarters for your photo frames and personalized gifts. All delivered overnight. SendTheFrame.com is the authorized distributor of gift brands everyone wants, including Reed Barton, Nambe, Kate Spade, Dennis Daniels, Mariposa, and hundreds more. SendTheFrame beats any price so they can become your go-to choice without any worry. Frames for your graduations, birthdays, weddings, choose from from all materials of silver, crystal, fine woods, all at send frame with next day delivery and custom engraving. Listeners of this special appraisal show get an additional 20% off when they use code LEE. That's L-E-E, LEE. The secret's out, everyone. Don't know what to give? Sendaframe.com for all your framing needs. This is Lee the Appraiser back from a short break about amazing appraising here, APR 57 Galleries in New York City. Okay, so speaking on that, we are going to tell you I was offered something incredibly rare yesterday. Uh, a gentleman calls me up. He said he was recommended to us very highly. 
and he said that his family bought at auction, a charity auction, no less, probably 20 years ago, two Michael Jordan pieces. Okay, listen carefully, guys and girls. Okay, one is purportedly his last training jersey he ever wore. Okay, as you know, basketball players, before they play the game, they have a warm-up or training shirt and pants that they wear. The pants are full pants. You know, when they play, they rip them off and they play just in the shorts. And the shirts, they have a short sleeve, sort of like a tank top t-shirt, basketball uniform. And typically, again, during the warm-ups, they will wear like a practice jersey or uh, a practice jacket sometimes with them prior to them going into heavy warm-ups. So this is purportedly the last or one of the very last training jerseys he ever wore, signed, as well as a very unusual photograph. It was taken from, it appears, his book called The Last Dance. That's the title that I believe Phil Jackson gave the movie and book that he did of the last season of when the Bulls won their championship. And it's interesting to see that. So Phil Jackson, I believe, coined the phrase The Last Dance relating to the Bulls. And regardless, even if Jordan came back, it was going to be Phil Jackson's last dance because the story goes that Jerry Krause, the general manager, did not even want him on the team the last year he played. So Jerry told him initially he said you can't be here we got we're getting rid of you and that was it and then when Michael Jordan adamantly said that he will not play for another coach they had a gentleman's agreement where Jackson would coach one more year and Jerry Krause told him even if you win another championship you are not coming back under any circumstances so it was a very difficult time for both of them so this item that I was offered yesterday along with the jersey was a large photograph from it was like a lithograph from the last dance a lithograph means a print from the original drawing or etching or or photograph of Michael Jordan's last shot I think it was against Utah Jazz of which he made the basket what's unusual about it is not the photograph what's unusual about it is what he wrote there and I'm going to read you what he wrote so that's pretty cool. Hold on to your horses. Now, I have not, and I will stress this, I have not had chance to authenticate this item yet. From all indications are, it does appear to be original and in Michael Jordan's original script and handwriting. And I'm going to quote what, I, uh, what the item says in his hand. So it has him taking the shot, and then he writes there, the end is near. Once we were on the bottom, but now... We are high in the sky, underlining sky. What's next, question mark? Who knows? Where will you be to enjoy the memories, question mark? Are you going to laugh or are you going to cry? Truth be known for your might do both. How do you like that, MJ? So that's a very cool piece. So we are in the process of authenticating and appraising these two items. They are certainly two of the coolest pieces we have ever seen. And if anyone has any unique sports items, again, this gentleman was referred to us because he told a close friend about this and they recommended that he talk to an expert and talk to us, frankly, as somebody who knows how to authenticate this and evaluate it and give him a very good and correct and accurate assessment, appraisal, and offer on it. So we are in the process of doing that. If anyone has any other Michael Jordan things or unusual pieces from any of the other Bulls players, 
boxers, Muhammad Ali, anybody iconic. We would be very interested in seeing them, appraising them, evaluating them. So please feel free to call us or text us at our uh, standard number, 212-246-2000, and we'll be happy to get back to you shortly and evaluate whatever you have. If you have any friends that have these items, please don't hesitate to have them give us a call. They can bring them in person to our brand new gallery on 57th Street. Generally, there's never a charge for an informal appraisal, research, and evaluation. All right, everybody. We are going to be wrapping up this segment here. I want to thank everyone for listening and tuning in. As always, be sure to check out all our social media platforms at APR57NYC. We are on Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest, TikTok, YouTube, you name it, we're on it. Also, be sure to listen on our very special, interesting guest interviews we do every single week. You won't want to miss them. We've included so far, I think, Jackie Mason, who's going to be a special guest of ours, Lenny Dykstra, the New York Met World Series center fielder champion, as well as many other prominent artists and celebrities. You won't want to miss them. As always, stay well, stay classy, and stay tuned in.